Jets fans, Winnipeg fell to the Washington Capitals 5-2 over the weekend, and there are some interesting takeaways from a game in which the Jets, well, they got outplayed for two periods, showed up for a third, and bagged a couple of consolation goals, but it wasn't quite enough to push the Jets in the right direction. Is it all for naught? Is everything on fire? We'll talk about some major points of uh, concern and some positives, and also start to give out some quarterly report cards for the Winnipeg Jets and coaching staff. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fans, and welcome to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, I thought I'd spend some time talking about the Winnipeg Jets loss to the Capitals 5-2. And then we'll talk about some quarterly report cards for Jets players and coaching staff uh, throughout the next few weeks. But let's start off with Caps versus Jets. In this game, you know, the Jets had a couple of things kind of go wrong for them. Uh, For one thing, Winnipeg's zone exits were kind of a mess. Anytime that they would try to transition up the ice, it felt like the Caps had some sort of disruption either in the neutral zone or at Washington's blue line. The Jets just really did not find a rhythm for most of the evening, and it was very tough sledding, and on the mistakes that the Jets made, they ended up getting punished. We saw Hellebuck maybe not have the most ideal of evenings. You know, usually he has to be perfect in order for the Jets to come away with a victory, and this just wasn't a game where he was. Not that you could really blame him too much. I mean, he's been a monster this season. He made some amazing saves against Washington, especially in the first period. Um, But then, you know, eventually the Caps kind of broke the dam open. There was even a penalty shot. So just not a great night for Helly. Not much that he could do about it. Um, And in general, I think the Jets aren't going to love some of their own efforts and and performances in a game in which the, the Jets just really didn't look super competitive. By the time the third period rolled around, you know, the Jets started to wake up. I think Bones kind of got his message across in the locker room. I don't know what he said, but the team looked faster, more aggressive, and they even got a, they even got a couple of goals, including a really nice Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, choke on the stick snipe, which um, you don't often see guys doing too much, but he really shortened that shot and somehow just ripped it through uh, the keeper. So really lovely goal, even though the evening itself wasn't super ideal. Now, the Caps are are in a weird spot, right? They're not a terrible, terrible team, but certainly this is probably one of those squads that the Jets would argue they should probably be beating if they're real contenders. And I think it speaks to something that we've talked about in the past with this team, that they're really close to being like really good. I think the Jets are on the cusp of greatness. And you'll look at the record of like 18, 8, and 1 or so and think to yourself, well, how is that not a great team? And I think the Jets are almost there. The reason that they're still kind of a step behind is, for one thing, consistency, right? This team has like a lot of on and off days, but the one constant for the squad has generally been Hellebuck. And on top of that, you know, this this year, the top six 
has a really good shooting percentage. So I think right now the Jets are being carried a little bit, you know, either in net or in the top six, just kind of shooting the lights out. But eventually that stuff kind of fades out. There are some things that you can't really expect to last forever. Hellebuck is probably due a short streak of of maybe some weaker results, which for him, weaker is still like top, top 10 in the league, right? So how much weaker could he possibly be? But, you know, he's not going to be perfect. And for the Jets, they kind of have to have him be perfect because of the opportunities that they concede off the rush and when they start playing sloppily in the, in the defensive zone. And then when it comes to the top six, right, that shooting percentage you do expect to sort of decline. There's no way that they can continue to score at the rate that they have over the past few weeks just because naturally you're going to hit shooting spells. You're going to have nights where uh, the goalies kind of end up robbing you. So the Jets probably want to find a little more variety. And I think the thing that we've been saying for a while now is that the Jets really do need to make a trade. Uh, it, it was probably a need even before Ehlers went out and doubly so now that he's gone. And in fact, it might actually necessitate one to two acquisitions. I think the Jets are, are kind of expecting Ehlers to come back this year. But the thing that I don't really want to think about, but that remains kind of an outstanding question, is what version of Ehlers are we even getting when he comes back? You know, sports hernias are no joke. We saw after Wheeler had his that he just, I mean, he looked really old. I mean, it was kind of sad to see, especially for a guy who we were so used to bombing up and down the wing. He was super fast. Um, and, and, and sports hernias just really suck. They can take away a lot of your speed and your mobility, which kind of defines Ehlers game. So when he returns, I think that's going to be something to watch. I don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. He'll obviously be rusty anyways, just from the time off, but you know, this, the surgery rehab and recovery, I just don't know what form of him we'll see. I'm really hoping that he's, you know, recovered as bad as about as strong as he can be. And he's back to playing at a really high level. But expecting that, I, I think, would be a little bit too much to ask and bang on. So the Jets kind of need to do this team a favor, go for some trades and acquisitions, and look for some forward help from somewhere. I think that there are plenty of teams out there who are going to be uh, offloading some contracts. Bo Horvat is on the market, and I think that would be a major shooting upgrade. And frankly, he would probably fit this team like a glove. So shovel day off. I hope that you're, you know, you're, you're paying attention to the market. I know that he's probably getting trade requests from other teams all the time. It would just be nice if the Jets could maybe expedite the process and bring in uh, another forward so that this team really does look like a true top contender. It's close. This team is really close. You can feel it. You can see it. And you know it's there. It's just there's one or two pieces left for them to assemble the full picture and have a really dominant squad. But obviously, in the meantime, until that happens... We've got all the players that the Jets currently are working with, and I thought it would be wise to take some time and reflect on how they've done so far this season and give some early report card scores for both the players and the coaching staff coming right up in just a second. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Simply Safe. At Locked On Jets, we believe home should be where you and your family feel the safest, especially over these holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system called Simply Safe. Right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Jets listeners 40% off a new home security system, and you really don't want to hesitate. I highly recommend it because it's a great service with 24-7 professional monitoring agents who are always looking out for you. 
They've also got a really handy dandy uh, cell phone app that's great for giving you HD security cam footage. They have plenty of, of sensor feeds and stuff to detect what's going on around your house. And their monitoring agents are backed by what they call FastProtect, an exclusive technology for Simply Safe that allows their monitoring agents to identify the nature of the threat and uh, potentially dispatch first responders like police. This is to help you get priority responses from local law enforcement in case there's something like a flood, maybe a fire, even heaven forbid a, a break in. Whatever the situation, Simply Safe has you covered. And really, it's even less than most other security home systems. It costs less than a dollar a day. And again, you're being backed by tons of professional monitoring agents and super high tech technology securing your home and making it a fortress. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no place like Simply Safe. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We were just wrapping up our quick talk on uh, Caps versus Jets. Didn't go Winnipeg's way. Not a time to panic, but certainly I think some some notes of concern for the roster. And ultimately, the Jets just needed to make a few forward acquisitions to really push them from being good to kind of getting into like real true contender territory, a team that people should be afraid of if they meet them in the postseason. But until then, of course, the Jets are kind of just holding on with their current roster. And I thought it would be wise to take a step back and talk about uh, the report card score so far as we're, you know, about a, a quarter to a third of the way through the year. How are the players and coaching staffs doing? So we're going to start off with, I think, a couple of really obvious candidates. Uh, on the player side, we're going to start with Mark Shifley. I'm giving him an A+. Uh, Shifley this year has been sensational. I think that's the easiest way to describe it. Um, Mark has just been a totally different player than we're used to seeing in years past. And I think for once, you know, he's happy. You know, it, it's been a few years since we've seen Shifley looking rejuvenated, refreshed. Uh, you can point to any number of things and, and decisions that were made in previous seasons with Maurice and the coaching staff that probably put Shifley into a mental state where he wasn't really happy to be playing for this team. Not because he hated Winnipeg, but because he didn't get along with the coaching staff and did not agree with their decision-making. And honestly, I don't think he was alone in that. I think a lot of the guys on the team, some of whom are here and some of whom aren't, probably felt that the leadership of the squad did need a bit of a makeover. So Shifley this year has been you know, back to his offensively gifted self. I mean, he's racking up points left and right. He's scoring tons of goals and assists. He just looks like the creator that we all know he can be, and frankly, the Jets desperately need. With Ehlers going down, this team really needed somebody to step up and be that on-ice leader who's creating tons of offense and scoring out you know, out the wazoo, and that's been Shifley to a T. This is one of his better seasons in many, many years. Uh, it might be somewhat comparable even to some of the peaks that he's had. He has at times appeared on uh, the top 20 goals above replacement list for skaters in the NHL, and I think it's very much deserved. So I think for him so far, uh, a quarter of the way through the year, definitely an A-plus for me. I think he's been one of our absolute standout players, and it's just nice to have him back. I mean, there was a time when we all thought Shifley was going to take over the league, and then 2017-2018 happened, and after that, things took a bit of a downward spiral. Uh, you know, it got to the point where you just didn't really know if Shifley was ever going to return to being the kind of player that he could be, uh, you know, a superbly gifted, offensively minded creator that 
You know, many people had their doubts when he was drafted, and since then, all he's done is smash expectations. So seeing him kind of struggle and, and not really look himself, that was uncharacteristic and unwelcome. But he's back. He looks like he's happy, and he looks like he's really thriving. So frankly, that's all as Jets fans that we could really ask for. He is our, our number one center, and hopefully he remains that way for many, many years. Speaking of centers, I think it'd also be wise to talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, you know, is kind of still on, on the cusp of maybe leaving. We don't really know yet, but either way, Dubois is going to get an A from me. I think that he's had a, a quietly underrated uh, monster season so far. Everything that you want him to be in, in a power forward and center, he's really been doing. He dominates, the, you know, um, the, the slot area. He's got great passing and vision. His work alongside Kyle Connor has been absolute dynamite. Um, and it's good to see him recapture that offensive form and skill. It's obvious that, you know, Shifley and, and Dubois have kind of been among this team's biggest breadwinners and play drivers. And so as long as those two keep going, I think this team offensively is going to still skate by. It's just, you know, if ever it comes to a point where maybe the Jets forwards are, are starting to run out of steam offensively, you know, where are you going to find guys to pick up that slack? And I think that remains a little bit of an unknown. But either way, Dubois for me, definitely up there with Shifley in terms of production. Sometimes he's, he's you know, he's been the best player on the Jets. Uh, there was a, a brief stretch at the start of the year where Dubois didn't quite look as engaged, but after a rough couple of games, he got real back into he got back into the swing of things real quickly. He looked that assertive, confident version of himself that we know he can be. And honestly, this dude just goes beast mode. I mean, that's kind of the best way to describe his game is going beast mode. When he drives that slot and and creates space for himself and his line mates, you really can't stop him. Uh, Dubois for me is one of this team's really underrated game breaking presences, and it's good to see him being confident and and hopefully happy. I'd love for him to stick around a lot longer than this season. I just don't know if that's really in his wheelhouse. But look, the Jets right now, the vibes are are fantastic. The coaching staff has a real direction for once. I think it would be a mistake for Dubois to go over to Montreal, where in all likelihood, that team's not going to be competing for a while. The Jets are a thing that's here and now. So maybe commit to Winnipeg for at least a couple more years and, and show people that you really can be a leader on the ice and a difference maker for this Jets team where Quite frankly, he fits in like a glove. I don't know if the relationships and bridges are already burned to the point of no return, but if they aren't, I'd like to see Dubois stick around for a while yet. But that's out of our control, so let's just hope that, you know, as far as the Jets are concerned and Dubois is concerned, a happy medium can be reached. Now, of course, there are plenty of other Jet centers and players to get through, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season. They've got the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college football, they've got basketball. They've also got World Cup action, NHL ice hockey. They've also got overseas ice hockey if you're really into that. Um, and they've even got overseas football as well. They've basically got every single sport covered that you can possibly imagine, and then there's probably even more that you've never even heard of. Uh, maybe ice ice football, if you've ever seen that. Pretty crazy sport. Uh, but there's even auto racing for all of you Formula One fans, so you'll never really go without sports. And if you want to take a step back and do something else, they've also got Vegas casino games because they know your life doesn't have to revolve entirely around sports. But if it does, 
and you want something else, they've also got plenty of uh, great sports podcasts and news, news articles, so you'll always be plugged into your favorite sport no matter what. And as always, they still remain the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info going. So be sure to log on and register for a free account right now at BetOnline.net with your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. We're just wrapping up real quick with some final uh, quarterly report cards for a few Jets players. We're obviously only going to get through a, a few this evening, but I'm, I'm kind of focusing on the centers first. These guys have had quite a bit of work to do, and, and Shifley and Dubois both getting an A and an A+. Obviously, these guys have had monster seasons, but sort of under the radar is Adam Lowry, who I'm going to give probably a B plus to an A-. minus. I think Lowry's been really good for this team. Uh, maybe not at the level that Dubois and Shifley have been, but in his own way, I think he's been offensively powerful and, and a difference maker. I think he's finally looking more and more like the guy the Jets had extended long-term, you know, at around four, four and a half million for uh, multiple years. He looks like a guy who kind of looks refreshed under Bones, and I think that's something that's really cool to say. He's creating good scoring chances. He's pounding them, quite honestly. he I mean, he's had some six nights this year, and he continues to get it done, uh, sometimes even on the power play, uh, a lot of it at even strength. So it's just really good to see Lowry continuing to thrive. You know, the past couple of years, I was sort of wondering what would happen with him because a lot of his game has kind of been tasked with being the shutdown center, but that's not really where his game's been going recently. I think on like an elite, elite team, he'd be like your ideal fourth line center. But obviously for this Jets squad, we don't nearly have the same level of depth as like a Tampa Bay or some of those other squads that are, are really pushing for a cup. Uh, this year, I think the Jets maybe stack up a little bit more favorably than they did in previous years, but it's partly because guys like Lowry are sort of having career resurgences. This is some of the best play we've seen from Lowry in many seasons. He's attacking the slot. He's setting up his teammates with great passes. He's getting into dangerous scoring areas. And, you know, defensively, it's it's been a little bit of a mixed bag, partly because uh, his, his line mates don't necessarily participate as effectively on that side of things. But at least on the offensive side of things, he's been a huge difference maker and a bit of a beast. And it's nice to see him also really doing well on the system that really relies on attacking space and being very physical on the forecheck. So I think this team very much is playing to Lowry's strengths, and I think this this suits him. Um, and I just hope that it keeps being that way for the foreseeable future. Now, the last player that we're going to talk about uh, is one that I, I am very partial, partial to personally. I've talked about him in the past. And that is David Gustafson. Uh, Gus, I'm going to have to give him like a B plus to an A minus in part because I feel like a lot of what he does, it's hard to really put into words his intelligence. But this guy reads plays very aggressively, knows how to position himself to cut off counters. He's a very, I, I would say, intuitive player, somebody who um, recognizes spatial gaps, knows how to close them off and knows where to be at all times, but also has that extra level of work ethic. So maybe maybe I'll go even an A- minus to an A. Maybe that's a fairer range. I think he does a lot of the details plays really well. It's something that his teammates have pointed out about him as well. But, you know, when you think about players who coaches probably love, Gustafson for me would be darn near at the top of the list. He works hard. He fights for the badge. He shuts down offensive counters. He creates offense himself with a really strong forecheck and some really great passing and vision. 
All he needs is to be paired with some really gifted line mates. And I think you'd, you know, you'd start to see that the Jets, frankly, have a second line center in them. I think that there's a really phenomenal player hiding under the surface of, of Gustafson's rugged exterior. Uh, not rugged in terms of looks. I mean, he's, you know, he's attractive and all that, but uh, more more rugged in the sense of him being kind of that physical fourth line guy who grinds along the walls. And I think when you're thinking about that side of him, he can do all that. But really, you have to think about what's going on up here. His brain functions and, and processes the game at such a high level. I think he's a genius level player. I think he's been a phenomenal asset for the Jets. And I think once he gets out of the, this fourth line role and graduates to more ice time, Winnipeg will start to realize it has a bona fide second line center in him. I think he's a, a, a like a crazy good talent. I think he'll eventually be the Andrew Kopp replacement. And there's just so much to love about his game that if you really like details players, you will nerd out watching him shift by shift. But I'd be curious to know what you would rate these players. Give me your report card scores below in the comments or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It features the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey, YouTube, and uh, Megaphone, Spotify, Apple, all of these great podcasting platforms. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!